We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. We lead a team of brave and brilliant story work counselors and coaches around the country, all committed to helping you come alive. Join us as we explore the sacred landscape of the human heart at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. One of the unknown facts about Beth Bruno is that there are hidden nail clippers in about a hundred different places. They're in uh, every purse, every pocket, uh, every like every glove, car. glove compartment. And, and there's probably like three or four or five in every car. And I love how you just right now, before hitting record, you open the drawer that is in the desk right in front of us. And you're like, I need my nail clippers. And now you're putting on lotion. Well, I probably wouldn't need nail clippers if I used more lotion. But I just, it's the its the hangnails that, it's just a thing. It's just you, you clip them so many times, I'm surprised there's any nail left. It's, I, I don't know how this happens. It's a thing. It's, it's just one of my things. It's so just many. get over it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I adore Becky. Yes. This conversation that you're about to listen to, I just love her. She's so articulate and helped me understand some things about like where I might be even personally, spiritually, that was really helpful. Yeah, we're going to talk uh, about the dark night of the soul. And that's a term that in some Christian circles are well-known and some that aren't. And uh, she really unpacks that well. But I think the thing that we come out of the conversation with is this invitation, even for us, to reflect a little bit through the lens that she offers back on our story that maybe maybe some of what we've experienced has been a season of the dark night for us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's both helpful and also like, whoa. Yeah. Spiritual direction is kind of this this ancient thing that mm-hmm. is becoming more popular. And more and more people are hearing about spiritual direction, becoming certified in spiritual direction. We have three spiritual directors on our team right mm-hmm. now who wear other hats. Becky's also a therapist, but have pursued this training because it's it's such a beautiful way of walking with people through their spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. So I loved Becky. Becky wrote a blog just recently for Restoration Counseling's website that really explains the difference between therapy and spiritual direction, which was so helpful because as it grows in popularity, lots of people are asking, who should I see? What kind of thing is it that I need? And even Becky names in this conversation, sometimes there can be a little bit of confusion. Am I depressed or am I walking through a dark night of the soul spiritually? And how do I parse that out? How do I know the difference? Mm-hmm. So the blog was super helpful. I'll post a link in the show notes. And just this new perspective of the inner weaving mm-hmm. of our soul and our psychology and faith is is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's dive into the conversation with Becky. All right. Becky, so great to have you on the Walking With podcast. 
And also on the restoration team, you're one of our newer team members, and we're super excited that you're here. So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our people, and then we'll dive into our conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy to be here with you guys too. Thanks for inviting me. I am a counselor, therapist, and also spiritual director, and just recently joined Restoration. So it's been a fun journey so far and really looking forward to what's ahead. And that, that combination of both being a therapist and a spiritual director is really unique. And mm-hmm. I think what you bring to the team in that aspect and also the service that you offer to, to people uh, is really a, a beautiful combination of those two things. So super glad that you're here. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about the spiritual director side of things mm-hmm. and specifically about something that is called the dark night of the soul. And so I would love to just hand the baton over to you to explain kind of what that is and ask some other questions. Yeah, so absolutely. what is the dark night, Becky? Yeah, it's really easy to think the dark night is something other than what it really is. I've heard friends and people in passing say things like, oh, I'm just really in a dark night season right now. Like I lost my job. Things are so hard. And truly that is not quite the dark night of the soul. Um, The dark night of the soul is something that's a uniquely spiritual experience. And it really has to do with a sense of feeling like your felt experience of God's presence is diminished or gone completely. And it leaves you in a place of feeling really disoriented and alone and uncertain of how to get back into relationship with your creator. So yeah, that's kind of a, an overview. So Becky, I'm curious, it sounds like a very, a very defined term. Where did that originate from? Is there a certain kind of church father that first coined that term? Yeah, absolutely. It first came from a guy named St. John of the Cross, and he was a monk, and he had lots of ideas that didn't quite jive with some of his contemporaries, and they actually kind of kidnapped him and threw him in prison, and he was in isolation with very little food and water for a long time. And it was in that place that he began writing. One of his kind of jail keepers gave him some paper and let him write. And he was the first one who kind of came up with being able to put language to this this experience. So he has a lot of writing, very complex writing (laughs) (laughs) and lots of ideas about what this experience is like and what the purpose of it really is. Mm -hmm. And what time period was that? Oh man. I think he was in like the 16th century, maybe 17th. It was a long time ago. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That gives me that sense. So what I'm hearing you say is that it's not a period of some level of suffering or disappointment, or, you know, like you said, you lost your job or there's been, you know, a, a death in the family or some difficult season that you're walking through. 
what you're saying is the dark night of the soul is it feels like the absence of God has become very present to you. Mm -hmm. And to be sure you can have both. You can have the dark night of the soul and suffering and depression all layered on top of each other. And because of that, it can sometimes make it hard to distinguish. I went through my own kind of season of a dark night and it was a a time of profound suffering for me. But in the midst of that suffering, I also had the experience of feeling like God's not here anymore. Like, I think he's left the building. And that was very unique in that season of my life. And so I was able to eventually come to a point of realizing like both can exist together. You can have the dark night of the soul and also suffering. Some people have one or the other and some people experience it all. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting, especially with you being both a therapist and a spiritual director and holding that both of those are, are often real simultaneous. Mm -hmm. How do you parse that out for a Christian who's wondering, is this just a a dark night season? I'm not actually Mm -hmm. clinically depressed, or maybe I I am. And it's more that and less Mm -hmm. about what's happening spiritually. And maybe it's both. And how do I figure that out? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the ability to, to distinguish between them is really important. And I would say one of the, it might be helpful to take a step back and look at like, what would God's purpose be in having someone go through a dark night of the soul? It seems on the outside, like a a cruel thing to do to remove his sense of his presence from somebody, but truly the point of it is to help us detach from the blessings of God so that we can reattach to God himself. Sometimes we get so caught up in feeling like, oh, I just love the warm fuzzies from God and I sense his direction and I love being with his people and his word is so great. And we can get too attached to those things uh, that come from him and less attached from him himself. And so the purpose of it is to really reorient us to the heart of God himself. And so because of that, the Christian would experience something of a profound rightness in the middle of the dark night of the soul. It feels distressing. And at the same time, something feels right about it because God's whole intention behind it is to reorient us towards a deeper union with him. Whereas with depression, Nobody feels like that's right. You never have a sense when you're depressed of, I'm so glad that I'm here. (laughs) And I know there's profound goodness. And it might take us a while to get there in the dark night of the soul, but eventually something within us kind of pings with the Holy Spirit and says, yes, this is good for me. I can tell it's painful and hard, but ultimately we're going somewhere. Mm. That is a, such a helpful distinction. Mm-hmm. And I know what you're talking about with that rightness of this is, this is actually a loving app. His absence is out of love in order to reorient it. You know, I know that. How do you walk with somebody through that, Becky? Yeah, it's, 
a gentle challenge because we're talking about the work of God. And so like as a spiritual director, my job is to not make it better, to not help somebody just get over it, to not force them into, you know, spiritual practices that don't feel right for them. So really it comes down to honoring God's timing, honoring that it's hard and staying present with someone to help them just have language for what they're going through. I know when I went through my own experience, I worked with a spiritual director and it was so helpful to have somebody say, I've been here. I know what this is like, and Jesus is still present, even if you don't quite feel him right now. So it's really kind of a shepherding a quiet shepherding of being able to be, be with someone in the darkness and not be afraid of it. And for, for someone who's actually like there going through the dark night, I think some of the best things to do is have patience. Number one, to trust that this is God's time And I had great um, advice from this spiritual director, which was stay with the things that you last felt God in. So if that was reading the Psalms, keep reading the Psalms. Even if you don't uh, enjoy it, even if you don't want to crack your Bible open, stay with the place that you last experienced God. And you might find that's where he'll show up next. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Can you give Becky just a little bit more language around what this feels like, like how somebody could really identify, okay, this is what it, this is what's happening to mm-hmm. me right now. Yeah. I think the, the most <clears throat> common, common way that someone could realize this is to, to discern, I have this deep longing for God and I don't sense him. The more I long for him, the more he seems gone. So it really comes down to your desire in the midst of it. You can't help but long for him and wonder where he went and yearn for him to come back. It feels lonely. It feels dark in kind of an obscurity sense, not in a scary evil kind of way, just in a hiddenness kind of way. But primarily the sense of, I just long for him and I don't know if or when I'll have that sense of his presence back with me. I think that's the number one marker that most people would say that they have felt. In addition to feeling like all of your desire for the practices that you used to use to reach God, whether that's going to church or praying or reading your Bible, you have developed a distaste for those things because you can't find him there. So you don't even want to bother anymore. You, you sometimes will find a sense of not wanting to return to those things. Hmm. It makes me wonder, we've, we've talked a lot about deconstruction mm-hmm. in the last year with some of our team members and we've RC has sponsored webinars on, you know, ex-evangelicalism mm-hmm. and and I just look at, at kind of that trend. I don't want to call it a trend. Reality. That reality of, of many people over the last decade 
And it does make me curious how much of those who have walked a path of deconstructing their faith and feeling like I'm no longer an evangelical or I'm really just done with church in general are actually in a dark night of the soul and have come to name it something else. And I'm not devaluing that journey. I'm just wondering if perhaps there's more overlap than has been named. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right on. And in some instances, like with deconstruction and the dark night, it's like God is the first one to pull the nail out of the board in the deconstruction process. It's almost like he initiates it so that the the towers that we have built up come crumbling to the ground in order to be rebuilt in a more pure way that orients more fully towards him. I think that's his heart. But there, I, I would agree with you, Beth, that probably a lot of people who find themselves in a deconstruction kind of stage are also actually experiencing something of a dark night and, and they don't know what to do with it. And so it's just easy to get their own hands around it and try to disassemble things as a way of trying to make sense of it. Yeah. Hmm. But what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of, there's actual holiness in that, that God is also right there and he would like to disassemble it. Absolutely. He's like, let's tear this thing down. Like mm-hmm. this is getting in the way of our relationship. So let's deconstruct the whole thing together so that we can build something that is new and better and right and full of love and the fullness of his heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, this podcast, our audience, a lot of people are walking with people. They're, they're journeying alongside either in a spiritual pastoral sense or in a ministry context. You know, I can imagine what we're talking about, the dark night and the deconstruction is also not helpful for ministry goals, <laughs> right? Because so much of ministry is about accomplishing goals and, and yeah. having those, that movement of God is assumed and present. And if we start to feel like we're in a dark night, then we can't actually do the thing that we're supposed to be doing. And that can be really disconcerting. I also wonder about if, you know, a pastor is listening to this or a minister or a therapist who's walking with somebody through this, what Becky would you say are not the things to do (laughs) as, as you're journeying alongside someone who is going through the dark night? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, don't try to fix it. Don't try to use tips and tricks and platitudes to get somebody out of this space. Honor the process with patience and grace. And then I would also say, like, allow your faithful presence to be something of a glimmer of God's presence in their life. So stay faithful to that person. Don't be frustrated and give up on them keep walking with them, even if it doesn't make sense to you, even if you haven't had this experience, it's a very real thing for them. And the very last thing they need is to feel abandoned by you. So stick with them and ultimately like trust Jesus with this. The dark night is dark, but Jesus is faithful and he is accompanying the person and you through this process. So keep surrendering it to him because he will eventually 
allow this to lead to something more beautiful than you could really imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Becky, thank you so much for just describing this and really even helping me understand some of the differences, the overlaps. I just, yeah, I appreciate this conversation. As we come to a close, I want to ask you just a fun question as we begin to see the light of day again, post-COVID, as you look backwards, what is one thing perhaps that you have pursued or explored, a hobby you've developed that you wouldn't have otherwise? It's mm, a great question. I think my mind goes to actually becoming my own landscaper. I was, I was really into gardening, but then realized like we had a lot more major work that needed to get done in our yard. And there was something about just picking up a shovel and digging holes and trenches and laying rock and allowing my hands to get really sore and dirty that helped bring me back out of the zoom world and the screens and digital world and into the ground and the earth and back to myself a little bit. So I'm an amateur landscaper now. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. I love that. That's so awesome. Oh, well, Becky, thanks so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Good to be with you. Hey friends. It is so good to be back with you on the walking with podcast. Chris and I missed doing this and just wanted to ask if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, would you take just a second and go over to Apple podcasts and leave a rating or a review? We would appreciate it so much. If you are curious to learn more about our work, you can head to restorationcounselingnoco.com and you can find out more about spiritual direction and Becky Young herself. You can also find us over at RestoryLabs.com, the digital laboratories of restoration counseling. And if you're interested in any of the other things in the restoration universe, you can find out more uh, by going to any of those websites or checking out the show notes for more information. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you same time, same place next time.